I'm Jason Voss, Content Director for CFA Institute, and my guest today is Thomas Atterbury, who is Portfolio Manager of the FPA Absolute Fixed Income Strategy, as well as the CEO of FPA New Income. Tom, welcome. Thank you. Our first question, uh, I I wonder if you could talk about and address one of the um, perennial, seemingly perennial issues in fixed income investing, and that is central bank... uh, involvement in the financial markets leading to a massive distortion of the yield curve. And then talk about some of the things you're doing to uh, cope with that. Okay, you've got, you've got the, probably the primary distortion is you've set short rates at zero, a zero interest rate policy. And you've left them there and you've met, not let that move at all. And that's been probably the primary one. Quantitative easing is attempting to manipulate that longer end of the curve. Had a much less, if you think about it, um, Impact. I mean, we're sort of back to the yield levels now that we were when they started the process. So they've bought all these bonds, but at the end of the day, they, they haven't really effectuated anything. And where I think investors need to be careful, we haven't necessarily changed carefully, is you don't want to just look at spread because that mathematical equation is being changed by the fact that we're just driving treasury rates down. You need to look at, well, what am I earning on that non-treasury asset, whether it's a mortgage or a corporate or high yield? And I think that's become more critical for to, to look at and spend less with just looking at spread. Their ability to affect a policy that works, a steep yield curve, get people to lend money, economy to grow faster, has not occurred. And we've looked at it from that standpoint and said, okay, what's made us change is, yes, I realize that I have a steep yield curve. Yes, I realize that you know, it looks like they're trying to get asset prices to go up. I understand those, but it's not making economic growth increase, which means credit risk is still very acute because if you're dealing with a corporation, its ability to, to raise prices, get higher revenues and such is somewhat constrained because the economy is growing so slow because the vast majority of the economy is not benefiting from Fed policy, which is designed to get asset prices to go up. It's not making the economy grow faster. Because if you think of what a yield curve and what credit and interest rates are supposed to do, it's the governor of people's availability to credit. How do I discount a good credit versus a bad credit. And they're trying to change that. And so that distortion is a negative long-term for the economy. We would be much better, yes, if they just stepped aside. Does that mean interest rates would be higher? Yes, they would tend to be higher. Does that mean that the saver would earn more money? Yes. Could that have a more positive impact on the economy? Our view would be yes. The last one is, is because you've entered the environment as a Federal Reserve Bank, to try to make rates go in a direction. Well, okay, if you do, if you affect it to to decline rates coming in, well, guess what? Rates are going to increase when you go out. Think of both your entrance and your exit. And ours is, well, why don't you just not enter? Then we don't have to worry about how you're going to get out. And we would, so we would much better have been that they stayed aside and let the market do its own work. So, Tom, I wonder if you could talk to me about what some of your um, choices have been around the distortions in the yield curve. Um, have you, is the opportunity set the same now as it was, say, five years ago? So our opportunity set that's changed is a couple of things. We said, all right, you need to focus on secured lending, not unsecured. 
because we're not really getting ourselves to delever fast enough. You need to be short in duration because you don't know how they're going to get out and what their impact's going to be in a, in a, in a real micro-measured sense. Just common sense tells you, okay, if they taper and start, stop buying treasuries and mortgages, guess what? The yields on those are probably going to go up. So if I look in the mortgages example where they've bought a trillion dollars, I can't really buy the 30-year because they're in mortgages because they're impacting that price. I need to go over and look at 10 and 15-year where they're less impacting the price. So it makes me change what I look at. It also makes me very nervous about when you exit rates going back to their more natural state, I realize that's a big negative in performance. Tom, I know that one of the things uh, that used to happen to me in my fixed income investing career, and I I wonder if you're seeing it, that is when you see a bull market in any particular type of environment, it seems that you experience covenant creep. Are you seeing covenant creep out there? You do in certain, you know, it sort of varies place to place. But when you look at the money has tended to be a positive flow, even as we had the sell-off in the summer, into the bank loan sector. You've now got, so you sort of have more supply of money than demand for it. We, watch, we are watching that sort of covenant creep show up in there, where you, you lose some of the financial covenants that said, okay, at a minimum, you're going to have this you know, debt coverage ratio, or at the minimum, you're going to have this leverage. Those have gone away. That's disturbing to us. We, we know where the outcome can be long term. Not as prevalent when you look at the high-yield market, but you see more over there of, oh, look, we can raise money as a company, borrow it, and pay a dividend to our equity holder. I'm not one who likes to finance dividends for equity holders. Um, so, you, you know, that may be not as much covenant, but it's the same sort of creep of risk that's being allowed to come in. And you're doing it a period of time when rates are at very historic lows. May not be a problem today, but you look out two, three, four years ago, okay, that could be a very serious problem and require maybe, you know, reorganization by the company. So have you passed on any deals at all um, that have come your way or any transactions that have come your way because of that covenant creep? Uh, yes, we have. I wish I could remember the top of the head, but yes, we have, because we've looked at it from the standpoint of we want a couple of things, and one of them we want to be a first lien, in, you know, say in a bank debt area. We want to have a good, solid first lien and call on that asset. And we want some protection from us as that first lien that you're not going to borrow a lot of money below us for other purposes. And when we see that that protection as the first lien holder is not there, we've walked away and said, no, I'm, I'm not interested because you could lever this business up underneath me quite substantially. So, Tom, talk to us. Uh, in a perfect world, what would fiscal policy look like? And also, what would monetary policy look like? What's, what's your preference here? Wow. Um, well, first off, we're not in the perfect world, and it, and it would appear that we're not getting there anytime soon. But if I looked at fiscal policy from a perfect world standpoint, um, you look at the federal government, we'll just use them, and, and, and said, all right, a realization that the entitlement programs put in place are going to need to be changed, and they probably need to be sort of more of a, 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 a means-tested you know, I, I, and I'm not going to pick on, on Mitt Romney, but okay, Mitt Romney's a very successful private equity investor worth millions and millions of dollars. Does he need to receive Social Security? No, probably not. He can probably do without it and he'll just live just fine. But under the current plan, he can get it when he's 65 years old. Well, why don't we say, well, okay, you don't. Let's make it means test and that Social Security payments goes to those who do need that supplement to their retirement. Same thing when I go to Medicare and Medicaid. Let's means test those, make them 
programs for those that need the assistance, not a general blanket entitlement for every citizen. So that would be the first one and would go a long way to solving that entitlement program problem. Sit down and realize, you know what, we're going to live longer. So we don't need Social Security to start at age 62. People can be working at age 65 and 70. So why don't we sort of move that out? And then sit down and go into a much simpler tax scheme. Take away deductions and make it much, much simpler. Um, At one time, taxes were very high in Russia, as an example. And they used to cheat on their taxes all the time. Mostly being they didn't pay them. When they lowered the tax rate for individuals, they found more people paid them. So why don't we lower the tax rate, get rid of more of the deductions, and probably find that people will be more willing to dis okay, I'll just pay them and won't come up with some fancy scheme to avoid them. So make that, I mean, my wish list of all things in life is that income taxes are paid on a postcard. What did you make last year? Here's 5% of it. Send it to the government. Here's a stamp on it. You're done. I realize it's not good for the accounting profession, but that's under my wish list of things. So to me, it's simplify tax structure. Try not to be incentive people. And then look at your entitlement programs and let's means test those. And I think that would go a long way to solving our, our fiscal sort of budget problem. Right. If I look on a monetary standpoint, let the free markets do what they want to do. So you, Federal Reserve Bank, don't interfere. Yes, I need regulatory sort of oversight or the system will get out of hand. You need, you need a referee on the field, so to speak. But at the end of the day, the less they meddle, the better off we are. Does that mean in the near term things could get painful? Yes, it will. But if I think out 10, 15, 20 years, much better for us. I don't distort markets. I don't distort risk. So I take it, Tom, that your preference in like the Federal Reserve policy is that the Fed go back to its original mission of inflation, de- disinflation sort of uh, management as opposed to managing unemployment or some other fiscal concern. Is that correct? Yes. Much more of I think it should go back to, it would probably make its job easier if it has a single mandate, which it originally had, which was, okay, inflation. All right, you control that. The rest of this will start to take care of itself. Tom, thanks very much for being here. Um, if you would like any more information on this or any other topic, please go to www.cfainstitute.org. Thanks. Copyright 2013 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.